Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thursday, we're talking recruiting, and uh, I think another good junior day shaping up here uh, for the upcoming weekend. We're going to find out in just a little bit, though, from the experts who know more about that than anybody else. Ryan Snyder, Sean Fitz here on the BWI Live Recruiting Show. I'm Thomas Frank Carr, just going to be steering the boat, getting us to the weekend. Uh, But uh, we've got a lot of other stuff to talk about today as well. The final on 300 rankings for 2024 are out, and... I think Penn State fans should be happy about that. We're going to be getting into that in just a little bit. But first, I want to start with some uh, initial reactions to some general news in college football. First off, Johnny Dixon leaving the Senior Bowl early with an injury. Guys, just general thoughts on Johnny Dixon and uh, you know his opportunities that he fought very hard for. Just an unfortunate situation for him to have to, to leave early. Do you think that this is a... A, a big blow to his recruiting process or draft process fits? Uh, it depends how bad the injury is. Um, it wasn't as, I guess Greg was watching it live and he's like, oh no, this this is catastrophic. And then it turned out to be a glute injury, which, you know, is no, you know, is nothing to, sh- to shake at. But like yeah. if he can do pro day, if he can do combine, whatever, that's what it's going to depend on. Also, if any, if you hear any Penn State fans say this is karma for mentioning the Peach Bowl, don't listen to their opinion on anything. They're terrible. So um, yeah. that's uh, that's pretty much my thoughts on that. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. The, I think Penn State's corners having a rough week down there. Uh, from what I watched during the Super yeah. Bowl practice, Kalen and Johnny, I mean, that's a that's a big jump right there. And they uh, they both are not in the position that Adisa and Theo are in down at the Senior Bowl. Those guys are having good weeks. So yeah. um, tough, tough to see, but uh, we'll see what happens. It's interesting. And Ryan, I want to get your thoughts on the situation as well. Just from a the perspective of it what Fitz just said you, you've got you had the opportunity in the bowl game that's fine you know the injury thing can happen at any point as we saw here with Johnny Dixon but then to not have that and then not have like a great week at the senior bowl compounding issues or is this something they can you know it's going to be fine for these guys um I think Dixon and Kalen are a little different just because of where Kalen was his junior year where his stock right. is now I think Johnny raised his stock this year obviously hope uh, his injury is not too bad, but um, you know it's it's obviously an important week with, with all the NFL scouts there. So it, it doesn't sound like it's going too well for those guys. On the on the flip end, it does sound like it's going really well for Adisa, which is which mm-hmm. has been good to hear. But uh, I mean, I think I think Penn State fans already kind of knew what the what they were right. I mean, at least with, with Kalen's situation. I mean, he exposed is a big word, but I mean, he kind of got exposed a little bit this year. So let's let's see how he's able to re- regroup and how he does in the game, but uh, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Well, and, yeah. and I, 
I, I know, Sean, you disagree a little bit on the whole bowl game getting hurt in the senior bowl thing, but I I don't know. I, I kind of roll my eyes at that a little bit. It's interesting. and I, just, I, want I understand to it's a different week with all the scouts there and all that, but it's not like those scouts weren't watching the Peach Bowl either. I, I just want to take a different track on it because I think that the interesting thing is I see this regularly and, and we see, you know, here Johnny Dixon isn't having a great day. Big 10 corners in general, like if you watch how it's played in the Big Ten, they're very grabby. So at the Senior Bowl, this tends to happen. Um, right. There's a there's a hard transition between playing and being physical and mugging guys. And now Joey Porter Jr. got a lot of uh, attention for how handsy he got. He is. Um, this is where you start to see that. The second thing is like it, it is. Um, it's not. Fitz, you know this. Seeing these one on ones in person at camps and things like that, it's not really set up for the DB to have success. It's right. mostly like as long as you want to th throw the ball, you you can run whatever route you want. Yeah. The issue with Dixon and uh, and Kalen is that they weren't going to come back and crush the combine. They weren't going to come back and run four threes. They weren't going to come back and just like blow anybody away with the 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 physical aspect, the testing aspect of it, you know, good shuttles and everything, but still like they're, they're going to be in the probably middle to back half of that 40 time, which is, you know, pretty important for a corner there. Um, so that's the issue here is like, they were set to make their money based on their tape and based on how they do it in pads and not doing it in pads this week is, is tough. Like that's going to be something that hurts. Um, it's uh, tough being a corner. We're, hardest position to play i think in the game um for sure. outside of quarterback um so putting these guys on these islands we see it like we see it in these recruiting camps like <laughs> it's it's almost comical sometimes to see these guys try to, to do it when you can do it you can do it i mean there there there's a difference here between high school kids and, and the senior bowl guys but they're going up against some pretty good receivers and they're they're already at a disadvantage and to uh you know to have injuries to have any sort of uh, anything holding them back, it's it's tough. And I was talking to somebody yesterday. I mean, Kalen, his year this year looked like a guy who was ready to go pro. Like there are guys, like not in the sense of the tape, but like in his mind, it looked like he was ready to go pro. And we've seen that in the last couple of years. Some guys make up their decision, make up their minds before the season. Brandon Smith was that way. Like Caden uh, Wallace two years ago was that way. Like there's mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot that goes into that mindset of, hey, I got to finish this out and get going because it does have a trickle down effect on how you play the game. And and that's I think that's what we saw with Kalen this year. Um, another thing I want to talk about quickly before we get to the rest of the show, and we have a bit of a shorter show today. So uh, if you have any thoughts, any comments, and by the way, if you want to share this video with your friends, I know we're deep into the off season, uh, but there's a lot of stuff going on with Penn State football. So like the video, subscribe to Blue White Illustrated here on YouTube and be in the know. Like the, the things these guys have to tell you today is going to affect Penn State football in the future uh, in many different ways. Um, Jeff Halfley leaving Boston College for the Packers. Fitz, we talked about this from the Penn State perspective. Could Penn State lose coaches to the NFL because of, uh, you know, the coaching turnover there? How in the world do you operate an offseason when at any point any of these guys can leave deep into, we're getting into February now. Like, how, how hard is this to make these changes so late in the year as we've seen them have to do in recent years? I mean, it's very hard just because you look at the other side and what they have to offer in terms of a lifestyle. Like, I think the money in college football has has gotten to a level that like makes head coaches think. But like, if you're an assistant and you want to spend a couple months golfing, you can do that in the NFL. 
you can't do that in college. Like it's, it's really tough. I mean, you've got situations right now where, you know, uh, Penn State coaching is probably, I mean, it's on, it's on Instagram. Jay one sider just has knee replaced. Like that's, that sucks because he's a former player, you know, and, and all those guys have to eventually do something like that. But at the same time, it's going to cut into his recruiting time. It's going to cut into all that stuff. And he has that burden on his shoulders while he's trying to rehab and, you know, make, make do with a new knee. That sucks, man. <laughs> and, and you see what Halfley said and Halfley's thing was, was pretty well fluffed up to make it like that art, like to make it an overarching argument for reform in college football, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's where they're at. They want to coach football and not have to think about NIL, not have to think about appeasing donors, not have to think about that. There's a place for that. And, uh, it might yeah. not be a long-term <laughs> plan, but, uh, Hey man, if that's what you got to do to, to make your life better, a lot of guys are going to do that. And, and from a Penn state perspective, we saw, we had that question in the mailbag the other day from a Penn state perspective, I, you can't, you can't say no, you can't say, I mean, there's a non-zero chance that, that somebody is going to bolt to the NFL because it is so much more appealing in terms of lifestyle. Yeah, and it's just interesting, too. We talk about lateral moves being a head coach. And I know the NFL is different in Boston College, and you can make a bunch of different arguments. But going from head coach to defense coordinator, um, maybe not even a lateral move. Like, it just depends on where you want to go in your career. It just It's not head coach to head coach. It's head coach to defensive coordinator. Uh, Ryan, your thoughts on the situation? He's leaving Boston College. It's not like he's leaving Ohio State. I mean, that that in my eyes, that makes that move easier to do. He's making around $4 million at Boston College. What a coordinator's average in the NFL, $2 million or so. So he's going to take a pay cut. Maybe he's getting a little more than that. But uh, the, the lifestyle, the, the amount of work, everything <laughs> like that, it's – I understand it. Uh, there's a lot of people making that move, and I think that will continue to happen until there's reform in college football. Um, I get it. I mean, Sean laid out all the points I would have hit on myself. It just yeah. – like I said, I just from a salary perspective, you want to talk about it being a step back or – you know, lateral move, whatever. I don't, I don't really look at that way uh, with him being at Boston college. Again, if it's a, it's, if it's a true sec big 10 kind of job, it's, I, I look at it a little bit differently now, but I mean, he, he knew, he knows where this is all going. He knows that Boston college is not one of those programs that's going to be welcomed into the boys club. And then when you add in all the recruiting and all the, yeah. you know, everything else that goes with it, I understand it. Yeah, I don't, I don't dispute the move, the move at all. Like it's uh, much easier. I mean, it it sucks for those guys that are on a staff, like the the Boston College staff. But at at the same time, like what are you gonna what are you gonna do? You know, you're gonna yeah. make yourself miserable for another year, be on the hot seat, uh, all that kind of stuff. And 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 that that's just you just chalk it up to it sucks. There's not much you can do um, other than that. So we will see. I mean, we saw it last year with John Scott going to the Lions. Um, very curious what's happening with John. That that's another. I guess they, they're bringing on another defensive line coach in, in Detroit, but uh, maybe you can stack those staffs now to make that uh, something that works. Um, but like, I don't know. I couldn't see James bolting for a position. Yeah. I mean, it's been so long since he's been a coordinator and half is only a couple years removed from, from being the defense coordinator at Ohio state. But like is from this... a position coach standpoint, it makes it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And that's actually what I was going to ask you guys and Ryan, uh, you, having dealing with recruiting understand what these guys are are you know your schedules sort of mirror theirs in terms of when they're working <laughs> you have to have an antenna out like not exactly obviously you're not working 24 7 like these guys but it's a distorted also, mirror but yes yes um so mirror. <laughs> from from the perspective of penn state coaches and maybe just in the future going forward do you think you've got to identify guys that you know 
to use the hackneyed term, are lifers in college football, more so than just the best guy and the best coach? Or, or are you fine with the incredible turnover as long as you're getting the best coaches that, that make an impact on, you know, on the players? You got to get the best coaches, period. I mean, obviously, you want guys, you want Terry Smiths of the world. And if you can get a handful of them on your staff, that's great. But that's just not college football these days. And that, that, that will, I think that turnover will only continue to rise or grow or however you want to put it uh, in the coming years, at least uh, maybe until we got some, some real changes in, you know, towards the end back half of this decade or so. But uh, it's all about this year. It's all about, you know, those 12 games and, and, and where you can go from there. And every year is a different story. So no, I don't, I don't see that changing. I see it just continuing to speed up if anything. We're going to get to uh, some other things today, and, and this is, you know, an interesting and, and kind of chewy topic, but it's obviously not a direct impact on Penn State football. So we'll get to those things and, and kind of the, the nitty gritty of what's going on with Penn State football right now. But what's going on with football players in general in the offseason, we're heading into February. It is the meat of uh, the Penn State football training program. It's it's uh, winter conditioning, but it's also time for you to get better at football overall. Do you have a center football team? You want to give an edge on the football field. The only comprehensive hand fighting program video set for football players available is MMA FX. We've been talking to you about MMA FX for about uh, ever at this point. And if you don't know about it, here's the thing you need to know. Right now it's 50% off. The program that you see Anthony Zettel going through um, that has been developed over 10 years specifically take MMA hand fighting, some of the best hand fighting techniques in the world and adapting them to football, you can get this for 50% off right now for your team or for your son. MMA FX Coaches Training Manual also available. So you got to check that out uh, with Bruce Lombard. You can email him, Bruce Lombard at MMAFX.net. But the place you need to go right now is uh, go to you and use the promo code 50BWI to get 50% off at LombardMMA.com backslash shop. That gets you 50% off with our promo code 50BWI. The best hand fighting program in America, the only comprehensive one with video training so that Bruce is there with you teaching your players how to use these techniques. Go check it out. And I say like this is not lasting long. It might be the end of this week. I have to double check specifically, but like it's ending soon, so make sure you go and you get this right now. There is no more time to wait, and there's no better chance you can have to get a great deal to help your football team and to help your son get noticed on film. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And that is something that we've seen uh, good football players skyrocket up the uh, recruiting uh, final 2024 recruiting rankings. Ryan, I want to come back to you. Just set the table for Penn State football in these final rankings. There's some individual players that we're going to talk about. There's some groups we're going to talk about. But you lead us off about the uh, latest on three rankings, which came out uh, earlier this week. You're muted. Sorry, I was going through videos, as you may have heard, while T. Frank was giving his uh, ad ad uh, speech there. Uh, two major moves, right? I mean, really one major, major move. Obviously, Cooper Cousins going from number 110 to number 27 in the country. That makes him a five-star. Uh, 
throughout the year on three and most sites kind of progressively add five-star prospects uh, as the year goes on on three finishes with 32 so he's just inside that now and and gives penn state a, a solid five-star addition and i think anyone who paid attention to the all-american bowl coverage you know realizes why that move happened not only did he move up at on three but he moved up at all four major recruiting sites with with on three moving him up the most he is without a doubt uh, the offensive lineman they got this year that would be the most ready to make an impact. We'll see if that happens long term, but uh, everything's there, you know, as, as far as strength and athleticism and versatility, everything you want there. So Cooper gets a, a well-deserved move, and uh, man, it just seems like it wasn't that long ago that we were giving Charles a lot of crap, Sean, for uh, dropping him outside of the own 300. How about that? How about that? I remember watching his film when he was a sophomore because he was visiting. He didn't have an offer at this point, and I put on his film. I'm like. Oh boy, there's something here. Although he's an eerie, you know, that it it changes things because he's pushing around kids that are half his size, but mm -hmm. there was something there. But the strides that he made from his sophomore year to where he's at now, just unbelievable. Just uh he's put the work in, he's come to camp, he's done everything that I mean, he's done everything that's been asked of him and he's continued to develop. And uh, you know, I'm very excited to see him play because he's done it. I don't want to say the right way because there's no right way to go about this, but he's done it as drama free as possible. We've never had to worry about Cooper Cousins. I believe the only worry about Cooper Cousins was if he could have enrolled earlier than he was possible, you know, than yeah. was possible, he would have done that. So, like, this is an awesome kid, an awesome uh, opportunity for him to come in, uh, maybe some, make some noise in spring practice and see where he goes from there. He's an interesting player, too, and I want to point this particular part out um, about him and what I think it says about how people feel about him. Charles Power and, and these five-star rankings at on three, this is not just saying he's one of the best in the country. This is a prediction that they think he's a future first-round pick. There's a reason there's only 32 five-star players. So, Ryan, um, in, interior offensive linemen don't go in the first round very often unless they're rare and special football players. So, I guess, like, to me, looking at this, we talk about position value. Hard to be an interior lineman and be a five-star as compared to a tackle. So just, I guess, does that add any added weight in your mind as far as his truly, this is a, this is a thing where they think he's going to be a special football player. And the clip, I mean, he could absolutely play tackle at some point. Right. I mean, right. I think that's maybe what separates him compared to a couple of the interior guys they've added in recent years, or even like a Donovan Harbor or guys in this class, he has the size to, to be able to do that. So I think that's what makes that, not unique, uh, but what made that easier uh, for Charles to to make that move. So, uh, but I think there were I think there were four linemen ahead of him, uh, and all of them were tackles. He's okay. he's certainly the the number one interior guy in the country, and uh, very curious to see where he goes. I mean, uh, or where he plays and how he contributes, I should say, uh, because it's I think it's absolutely realistic that he's going to potentially not redshirt. Now, obviously, it's not easy to play center and make all the calls and hit the ground running. Yeah, uh, but. You know, when you're looking for a swing guy that could potentially bounce between guard and center, if he can, you know, obviously grasp the playbook and all that, it makes a lot of sense that he could play uh, more than four games in 2024. For yeah, sure. We're doing it all on paper right now. And on paper, he's got things to <laughs> contribute. But hey, yeah. man, uh, they put the pads on in March. And that's going to be a uh, one that differentiates everyone from everyone else. So we will see what happens with those freshmen. And uh, I'm excited to see it happen. Like, we, we, we don't know what's going to happen with with that offensive line, uh, more so at tackle. You know, you think you've got a, a nucleus on the interior that's coming back, especially with Sal coming back. But, um, like, it's exciting 
because there's talent there. It's not a situation yeah. where you're like plug in the leak and then have to plug another leak because you plug the leak in this it's Vegas vacation damn situation. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a situation where it's fun to see these guys develop and uh, you know, you're not going to have Olu. You're not going to have Caden guys, pretty good football players played a lot of football, but you've got an opportunity for some guys to, to bubble up through there. I, I want to ask you something at the end of this about, you know, this time of year and some of those things in just a little bit fits, but I want to come to you with uh, your guy, John Mitchell, who I think had an interesting journey. If I remember early on, he was a highly ranked recruit, dropped a little bit, and now uh, returns to, I think, a, a place that will make Penn State fans happy as far as where he lands in the on 300. So how did his journey wrap up for the Nittany Lions? It wrapped up the way that his high school career wrapped up, and that's the fact that he's a heck of a football player, man. And uh, you know, from a from a physical perspective, is he a four three guy? No, not necessarily. But like, he's a really good player. He finds the football, four interceptions, four fumbles forced as a senior. Led his team to a state championship uh, game appearance. Um, there's a there's a lot to like there. He's got uh, pretty good size, which is interesting because his teammate Antoine Belgrave shorter probably has him by about 15 pounds or so like uh but uh he's the both of those guys come in with as advertised size and i i say that because our you know our our, our sizes are usually pretty accurate not to not to pat ourselves too hard in the back but that's changed a lot in the last 10 or 15 years so um but yeah he just he brings a lot to the table number 62 in the on 300 um and number 104 overall he, he also got up to a four-star rating on rivals which was the one the one holdout that we talked about last week so mm -hmm. just a good football player um a guy that has an opportunity to come in maybe play early uh we will see what happens there's a it's an interesting i don't want to call it log jam because like you don't have starters coming back at corner but it's an interesting uh an interesting scenario there where you've got uh, very good players or very potentially very good players that can, can get in there and they're all fairly young. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that that's an opportunity to um, one of the things we've talked about is restock the cabinet, make sure you have the same quality of, of talent at the position that you just lost over the last two years. And John Mitchell has been the same talent the whole time, but I think now the recruiting process has caught up to where he, you know, a top 10 corner number nine overall for on three Ryan, the rest of the list that I flashed up here. Can you give us a rundown of guys who've moved uh, up or down um, in the on 300 for the Nittany Lions? Yeah. Just one thing with Mitchell real quick. It's he started number 61 and dropped to like 150. So like there was, never a, a big movement there uh it was always firmly you know a top 150 kind of guy and then also I, I think when he dropped to 150 or so was in the middle of camp season I, that's not i don't believe john maybe did one camp maybe did one under armor down there i can't I anyway he wasn't he wasn't nearly as active as some other guys so it, it right just to kind of explain maybe those those movements there you know when, when you're seeing all these other players and collecting data that's kind of how that stuff happens there uh but uh, as far as the other guys on the list there's not a whole lot to talk about i mean the, the penn state finished with nine on 300 guys they had 10 originally uh uh was it dewan lane was number 298 i believe so he's going to drop out they added 40 plus guys uh to the final ranking so he dropped out a little bit they still finished with nine everybody else there's not major moves, I would say. Luke, Luke Reynolds dropped uh, from like 40 to 74. Kind of makes sense. He went from, I think, the third tight end to the fourth. Not not a really a big move in my eyes. And, you know, Garrett Sexton, Malachi Williams, Ethan Grunkmeyer, Liam Andrews, Quentin Martin, Babu Tour. They they were the, the the other seven there. Not not too many big moves, really. I, I didn't look at it. I mean, Torre dropped about 30 spots. Quentin dropped about 20 spots. 
everybody else was just a just a handful of spots really and like i said they added 40 plus guys so you're going to see movement but uh as far as you know uh, a 92 rating or a 94 rating those kind of things are really what i focus on the most i don't think anybody dropped the only thing i remember is guys adding um you know, jumping from like a 94 to a 95. And then, yeah, the guys on the back half too, which weren't in the on 300, but I, I think we got a hit on it. Peter Gonzalez, uh, Jalen Harvey, who was the other one? Oh, uh, DeAndre Cook all jumped from three stars to four stars. So fr from an on three perspective, it was a pretty good week. I think then when you look at the industry ranking, which I tried to put together uh, the following day, uh, there's – so the way the way on three does their rankings is we use the industry ranking, which combines all four major sites – there were sites that kind of, for example, had T.A. Cunningham still as a four-star. He got dropped to right. a three-star. Some other things like that was kind of kept Penn State from moving up um, but from a, in the team ranking perspective. Uh, but as far as like on three specific rankings, it was, it was certainly more movement up uh, than down. And if you look in the if you're in the YouTube right now, if you look in the chat, T. Frank dropped a link in there of just the on three rankings, team rankings. So as, as Ryan mentioned, we use the on three industry rankings as the official team rankings, but you can navigate, you can change URLs and make it work. Penn State number eight class overall um, by the on three specific rankings, one five star, 12, four stars, 12, three stars. That's a, that's a pretty good group right there. So check out that link um, and it'll give you a little bit more perspective on the on three rankings. Um, you know, uh, Ryan, I wanted to ask you, um, since a bunch of those guys dropped, why does on three hate Penn State? <laughs> <laughs> oh man we could we could do a whole show on penn state's or really all college football fans uh it was funny i was reading well, let's get to junior day here in a second but i was reading yep. uh responses to the on three rankings and it was literally like just fire charles charles hates florida charles hates this you know so i'm uh biased or whatever it may be it's just yeah. salute charles you you you're never gonna win there <laughs> Yeah, that's that's one of those. If 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 I didn't win outright, then I'm mad about it when it comes to these rankings. Which you know, I it's interesting. I, I always joke that one of the reasons I started doing film studies is because I didn't really trust you know NFL mock drafts because I wanted to go see for myself. When I got to on three and I saw Charles Power and I read what he did, I'm like, I, he knows what he's talking about. He's a dude who who knows football, and I'm always like very impressed with with his insight into things. Um, you might have great insight. You might be a person that has insight into your business. And if you want to take things to the next level, you need to go and check out My Perfect Franchise. If you want to unlock your American dream, you should check out Andy Ludicky and his My Perfect Franchise business, which what he does is he takes your skill set. If you're a person who has corporate business experience, maybe in a certain uh, field of the economy, maybe a certain uh, industry, he can help you find a franchise to manage, which allows you to set your own schedule, make real money, and to be your own boss. One of the things that I think individuality and, and freedom, like Americans value quite a bit. So that appeals to you. 404-973-9901 is his phone number. Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net is his email. Or you can go to MyPerfectFranchise.net. The best place, the place I would say to talk to him is on the Blue White Illustrated message board. You can sign up, subscribe for a dollar, get in there, have a conversation with him about what you're interested in. His services are 100% free. He's here to help if you have any questions about business ownership. Check out Blue White Illustrated's message board. And like I said, Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net is the place to go to check out more of what he does. Thanks to Andy for being a longtime sponsor here 
on the BWI live show. Let's get into Junior Day. We got a couple minutes left on the show. We have to have a, a sh- bit of a shorter show, but I want to get to some of the highlights here, some of the players that are going to be at Penn State this uh, upcoming weekend. Fitz, um, preamble here, you're on mute. I want to come to you and give uh, one of your favorites. We'll start with you as far as who you think uh, stands out in the recruiting or in the recruiting prospects that are there this weekend. Yeah, quarterback Matt Zoller's uh, big visit for Penn State this weekend. Um, he went down to USF, Florida, Georgia. I believe he was at Missouri yesterday. So he is very popular right now. Um, he's very, uh, a very good quarterback. <laughs> I mean, he's he's one of those guys that's uh, on the ascent, uh, continues to be on the ascent, and I think that he's like really good um so be interesting to see where where penn state stands coming out of this weekend i do think that it was a good thing those offers came in and he was able to flip his schedule um he he was able to get uh, to those other schools for i don't know i don't call them shorter visits but you know you gotta you gotta jam a lot in if you're gonna go from gainesville to to athens in a day and uh so it's a good opportunity for him to see some schools but also get back to penn state have a little bit less pressure in terms of what he's used to seeing what he's been seeing in the last couple of weeks. So I'm um, excited to see Matt Zoller's. I, I think he's Penn State's top quarterback target. I know I'm a big Malik Washington fan as well, um, but just watching the way that things have played out, Zoller seems to be the guy that Andy Colton uh Andy Kotelnicki and uh, Danny O'Brien have really circled as, as their guy um, for this cycle. So I know Beckham Kritz is in the class, but uh, Penn State's going to try to do all they can to get Zoller's and, and he's uh, he would be, I think, a really good addition for Penn State. I don't see him announcing anytime soon spring maybe early summer something like that because quarterback dominoes are a little bit different than the other positions but uh, a lot to like there uh ryan and i think we've talked about this we've couched this pretty well that these these aren't make or break but they are foundational visits um so i guess what's on the line here for penn state in order to impress zollers and and stay in the lead if they do have the lead in his recruitment Generally speaking, yes, I would agree. Zoller's is a little bit of a different situation because he's a quarterback and quarterback recruiting moves very fast. If you look at the top 10 or so, I believe it's like top 15 quarterbacks in the 2025 class. I believe over half of them have already committed. I actually, I think it's like 10 or 11 of the 15. I I remember I looked at that up. I think it was last week when we talked about them or two weeks ago. Uh, But anyway, uh, because of that, yes, I think Penn state can get Zoller's back on campus in the spring and, And that may end up being the most pivotal of all visits because I do think I'd be surprised at least if Zollers goes into May, into June, into July and isn't committed yet. He's playing basketball at the moment. I could see a a scenario where finishes basketball season is able to cram in three, four more visits, maybe late March, early April. And then he's probably going to have to decide because those dominoes are only going to keep falling. Mm -hmm. Schools are going to keep applying more and more pressure. So that makes this visit pretty important for Zollers just compared to many of the other guys who firmly plan to take their official visits and and, and do all that. So, um, yeah, I, I would have this as the most important visit of the weekend. Go ahead. And also a rules uh, clarification here. The dead period starts after this weekend. So there's no junior day next weekend through February. And then right. it come back in March is when you, they open things up. So, um, so that's why it's an important, it's sort of a, a doorstop here, you know, uh, where you get the last impression going into the dead period, which is, you know, usually helpful. Yeah, and uh, something that I, I've been doing a little bit of digging on Andy Kolnicki and some of his offense, he talks a lot about athletic throws, talking about RPOs, being able to flip your hips and your feet. One of the reasons I think Ethan Grunkmeyer is such a great fit in this offense, Matt Zoller's lots of athletic throws on that film. So I think, you know, in terms of a fit, a very good fit for Andy Kolnicki and what he wants to do on offense. Uh, Ryan, who's the next guy you want to talk about here on the list? 
I would probably have to go with Exenor, uh, Jeff Exenor from from McDonough, wide receiver prospect. Who I like him. <laughs> he's been all um, not all over the place, but I, I remember talking to people when he was a freshman, and really wide receiver was never discussed. Um, Thought he was going to be a DN, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, look yeah, at him absolutely. on film. He looks like a linebacker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean six six one two ten is is a legit number, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's he weighs a little bit more than that now too. But he has fully transitioned into a wide receiver, and he had a great year. Uh, at McDonough. So I'm curious to see kind of where he stacks up on Penn State's wide receiver board. Obviously, they've, they've offered a ton of guys, right? But because of those McDonough ties, because he's from Maryland, not only that, but Exenor's family has very close ties with Kenny Sanders. It's not not just Kenny's an alum at McDonough, which obviously helped get denied Dennis Sutton and so many other guys. There's actually like a family tie there. Uh, I believe his late uncle and Kenny were, they went to McDonough together and were very, very close. So that's that takes it up even uh, kind of another notch. So this is a player that I think for a year or so now, Sean, we, we're not predicting him to end up at Penn State, but a guy that would make Makes a lot of sense to yeah. end up here. So uh, getting him back on campus is pretty important. I believe he came for the West Virginia game, and I think that was his only visit uh, to Penn State this past year. He's been to a handful of other schools so far, mainly the the regional ones, right? Maryland, Pitt, Vautech. I think he went to Tennessee last spring too, but uh, – Pretty pretty big visit here. Wouldn't wouldn't be surprised at all if uh, you know he he ends up being one of their receivers in this class. Yeah. It's a really important position, as we've talked about ad nauseum uh, during the off season. Is that Penn State's got to find a receiver? Here's one in their region at one of their home bases. Fits. So, what do you think about it, Jeff Exner? The thing about McDonough guys, um, you look back at this run that Penn State's been on at that school, and I would say everyone's panned out. Like, mm -hmm. does, yeah, like I, I'm I'm trying to think of something like. Devon Ellie's like was probably like the closest. And now he's a key piece coming back next year. Curtis Jacobs, PJ Musper, you know, all deny all those guys have panned out and have had good experiences at Penn state. And I think that, that, that there, there's, there's something to be said about having a pipeline, but there's something to be said about like hitting at that rate on the pipeline. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. And honestly, it's pretty freaking unheard of. Like right. they, they've done that well. Um, so uh, Exonor makes a lot of sense. I agree with Ryan. Um, we're going to see where he, fits in in terms there there's a lot of receivers that are set to visit this week and they brought in a lot of receivers i know that the hand wringing is going to be about receiver recruiting with uh with marcus Higgins all offseason and I, yeah, I get it um but there uh, there's been a lot of receivers on campus there will continue to be more receivers on campus so gotta let that board shake out and see where it's at and uh, you want to take you, you want to get the best ones obviously um but uh i'm there's about 15 guys right now. I'm like, is this the best one? Is this the best? Right. So, and we'll and I took a, a stab at uh, checking out the highlights you just saw here on the Blue White Illustrated uh, YouTube channel. If you want to go check my advanced scouting of him, some of my thoughts about what his strengths and weaknesses are, that's over at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Samari Reed, another guy, Fitz, I know that you're interested to talk about. Yeah, like I said, a lot of receivers coming up this weekend. Samari Reed uh, from Florida has been on campus before. He they, they actually came up to team camp. He's got a 2026 teammate. Really good, too. Um, but uh, Reed has been up to team camp. So, you know, that net is wide. Like, it's a, if, if Penn State doesn't Massive. land a good receiver class, it's not because they haven't offered every receiver in the country, essentially. Um, but, uh, no, it's been, uh, it, it's been cool to watch that sort of come together. 
the results aren't there yet, but we're going to see what happens with that. But Samari Reed, just one of those names that pops up. Um, we're going to see what happens with that. Uh, we can move on to the offensive line. I got a guy from Florida coming up here that I know T Frank, I, I showed some highlights today and he's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Zaire Addison uh, from the Tampa area, actually Phil Troutwine, Andy Kotonecki, uh down there to see him today. Um, he just tweeted out this morning that they were in to see him. Uh, this guy is six, five, two seventy four, four star prospect. Um, he's, pretty good athlete as well a good football player wrestler and he runs some track and when i say he runs some track he's not just a shot putter um do we got that do we have that clip by chance I'm, somehow it didn't I, we had some issues uploading but i'm gonna get it to you right here so just okay. give me one second it's gonna get on screen here i was trying to filibuster there i saw you were you were going through that but uh yeah we've got uh we got ourselves a big guy in a uh in, in a track uniform that's tough to uh, uh tough to to see but he's running a 200 yard or 200 meter dash and that's uh at 65 270 he's doing a pretty good job of it um so an athletic kid that's what penn state told him they like about him um you know as far as being a top target i it's 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 so tough to say with a kid from florida but he's coming up this weekend to uh to check things out so uh interested to see where things go with zaire addison I was six five two seventy, and I apologize. There was some late scrambling here. His highlight film is super impressive too. So uh, we'll we'll have that over for you at bluewhiteillustrated.com uh, later today as well. But wow, he's he's kind of one of those wow guys that we talk about tackles, and they're a rare breed. I don't want to say I'm seeing more of them, but Phil Troutwine is apparently identifying where more of them are over the course of his recruiting process. Um, is is Jalen Gilchrist a guy you're interested in? Ryan, first off, it looked like before you wanted to say something. Um, I have so many things I want to say. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> so we were talking real quick. Shout, we were talking about Penn State's offered you know all the receivers in the country. I yeah. just I just did the math. They've offered 80 receivers. Clemson's offered 71 players total. <laughs> so I just think that it just speaks to different recruiting mentalities. Like Clemson's like, I offer you, you 100% can commit here at Penn State. And, and Clint, Penn State's not in a, they're not in their own category here. Most schools kind of take the Penn State approach where they offer a ton of guys trying to get them on campus and build interest. Uh, but I found that hilarious that they've offered 80 receivers and Clemson has only offered 71 players in the entire class. So anyway, just want to spit that out there. Oh, actually, well, hold on. To clarify, I'm the reason we got to end this early today. So if we go a little bit beyond, it's okay. My kid's definitely not getting to his doctor appointment on time as it is. McDonough, we we're talking about McDonough and why the, you know, why those kids work. Well, it I think it those kids make a lot of sense for Penn State, just from the like who they are character-wise and what they prioritize. Like obviously Penn State brings in a ton of guys every year. Yeah, most of them fit Penn State. Not all of them are here for uh, state college and academics and all that. But a lot of those guys, like they fit exactly what Penn State wants in a player. And I think that kind of has a little bit of an impact on why they hit. Because when they get here, um, they, they just kind of hit the ground running. And it's not a lot different than what they experienced in high school. Lambda has a question here. Do, does Penn State take the shotgun approach with most positions or is it just receiver this cycle? Oh, One of the everybody. things I Everybody one of the things I found everybody. interesting, yeah. we, we we scrubbed Beyond Blessed this week because Phil Troutwine offered, I think, 60 people out in Texas and California this week. So, like, pe uh, players that not in the region, uh, these guys probably don't know a whole lot just now about, but, like, just the, the net is very wide for Penn State. Yeah, and, and you've got offered, like, he, he's going to go, or he went out to San Francisco this week and offered a handful of kids. Like, you, if you want those kids to visit, they have to basically know that, there's a check mark beside their name that that, that you're interested. I mean, that's a level of interest right there, more so than mm -hmm. an offer. Um, you've got kids that will come up for visits with 
seven on seven teams or groups, or certain groups that, you know, come in from California, come in from Florida. They're going to, you know, here's for your trouble. Here's an offer. Does it mean, does it mean anything? Not necessarily, but that's kind of where they're at with that. The only exception really would be quarterback um, where they got to go out and they got to scout. And that it's, I mean, it's different uh, and kicker obviously, yeah. um, but uh, different positions, different evaluations. And, and that's, that's the different approach there. Yeah. And there's not, there's not 70 players, 80 players in any class that can play quarterback the way that they, that Penn State right. wants to. I think that's a, that's a fair uh, way, way to phrase that. Uh, another guy coming up this weekend uh, is a guy in the region. I think a pretty impressive prospect, a little bit maybe underrated at this point. Fitz, uh, Blake Bellin, uh, going to be on campus this weekend. Yeah, going to be back. I know you you highlighted him last summer um, after camp. Uh, it was yeah. he came to camp. It was really good. Um, you know, a little bit shorter on the on the on the defensive line, but uh, really good motor. There you see him going against Cooper Cousins. Uh, that's a pretty good win right there for that guy. Um, so a, a good offer list. And what I think, uh, but what I can transition to here, and I don't know if Ryan, if you got to go, but. Uh, you it's look okay. at what's in the region for the defensive line, and it's not great. Um, there, there's some there's some really good players out there. There's a couple guys already off the board. I uh, we've highlighted Ari Watford, probably the top defensive end target there. Um, but uh, you look at what's out there, and this is a situation. This is a time of year where guys continue to get evaluated, develop, and then all of a sudden they pop up on the radar. Like Xavier Gilliam was not heavy on Penn State's radar last year at this time, and he was also a defensive end. So you see that transition with a lot of these players, especially on the defensive line, uh, that go from defensive end that end up being interior. I know we've talked about a couple of those guys that, that fit that mold. Um, Blake, I think, is a defensive tackle all the way, plays at Cardinal yeah. Hayes in New York. Really good player, came to camp last year. M maybe doesn't have the the, the perfect measurables, but uh, he's been a productive player. I know, T. Frank, you, you liked what, you liked what you saw from him. So just yeah. guys like that will be interesting to, to track because we find ourselves like in the moment with recruiting. And sometimes guys that aren't necessarily targets or have that check mark beside their name in January – Maybe it comes in March. Maybe it comes in April or something like that when they get out on the road and see them. So just as you want to see as many players as you can, you want to see as many prospects as you can. And this is kind of where you're at with that. So there are a bunch of guys that have visited. And I know it, it flies in the face of this whole offers don't mean anything. But there's a bunch of guys that have visited that don't have offers right now that I could see in the region maybe potentially being a guy. Uh, Samuel uh, Latiju. I just butchered that one good job uh, i would have said the same thing good job all right great um he was <laughs> he was in town last weekend and, and and uh there was a couple other guys that uh that fit that uh fit that description in terms of guys that may just uh you know all of a sudden turn that corner in the spring turn that corner in the summer or something like that so i'm uh i'm, I'm interested to watch some of those guys because the the, the check mark means what it means but at the same time um, there are some pretty good players that, that have visited that, uh, you know, don't have that beside their name. Yeah. And, and a guy you mentioned in the region and, and Blake Bellin and, and some of the things, first off in that moment, in that camp, he was probably the best defensive lineman. It was not a strong group as, as you mentioned, but also you, the, the, the size is interesting, but I just, I like guys that are good at football. He uses his hands. Well, you could see on those, that film, how he was. Uh, using the technique, the leverage, everything that he had. But that's also the question of what's the upper side of somebody who's good at football right now and has those measurables. Uh, so just interesting to see him come back, interesting to, to check some of the progress of these players who maybe they'll get bigger, maybe they won't. Last guy yeah, that yeah. I have 
So Sorry, go ahead, r- real quick. Gilliam did. I don't think Gilliam had an offer this year, this time last year. DeAndre Cook did nef- definitely did not have an offer this time last year. So those guys, those bigger guys, those uh, defensive linemen, they develop a little bit later sometimes. And you know, sometimes you get out in the spring evaluation period, and that's when you see you see something that you didn't see earlier. You see something you didn't necessarily see in the tape. Uh, Ryan, last guy I have on the list. Um, uh, do you need to get going? As always, we, no, you we're know, good. We can, okay, we got right. three, four, five minutes. Again, we're, so, I made it very clear to the doctor when they said 11 o'clock on Thursday, we are not going to be there at 11 o'clock on Thursday. So give me a little bit of a buffer. They said it's fine. So we're good. So the last Go guy ahead. from your area, Kevin Brown, uh, another guy who mm-hmm. came to camp at Penn State, and I thought looked pretty good. W- what's the situation here with the 2026 offensive lineman? I, I think he <laughs> is one of the more underrated players still in the area. Honestly, he's a, he's a four star and I'm still saying that. And I know that sounds funny, but I think when you, when you ask fans in the area or people who follow Harrisburg high school football, Messiah comes to mind. Uh, obviously Elias cook, his teammate comes to mind. A few others, Tyler Merrill. Um, I, I think Kevin Brown's the best of all of them. I, I really do. And he hasn't gotten out there as far as like visits and all that, as much as some, some other guys, uh, focusing on wrestling right now. Uh, but out of all the players in the area, I, I think Sean would kind of agree too. I mean, Kevin Brown's the one that really shows a lot of potential. So um, of course I think I it's a massive visit. This was my take yeah. last summer. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was. So I, I'm fully on board with it though. Uh, big fan of Kevin Brown. Great kid. Uh, uh, dad, dad played at West Virginia, Sean. West Virginia, West Virginia? West Virginia and yeah. the pros. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of uh, good bloodlines there as well, and big visit for Penn State. He hasn't gotten out to too many schools, so that's a good thing in some ways for Penn State that he keeps coming to Penn State and hasn't been to too many others yet. I assume once wrestling ends, he'll he'll um, you know expand his uh, visit list a little bit more. But this is a player that Penn State should be in the mix with here uh, for 2026. And I'm sorry, uh, that first highlight that you put up and he just tossed the kid, I, I cackled. Um, I, I don't usually do that, but when you just see a, a dude just toss someone and it wasn't like a small guy, it wasn't like, uh, sorry, Ryan, um, it wasn't a little oh, guy, but uh, now no, I'm he's, uh, he's been good and he's wrestling this year, um, which I think is uh, obviously always good, um, but he is, uh, he's only got one loss and that was to a state place winner from last year, so. I mean, that seems seems pretty good. This kid, you can tell. Um, I, I don't I don't want to call him like raised in a lab, but you can see his fundamentals. You can see this kid knows how to play offensive line. Like that mm-hmm. is not typical for anyone like that. And he's a tough kid. He's got the film. I like him a lot. I think you know he continues to grow. He's six four plus. I don't know what he has is with wrestling, but he's around two forty five, two fifty right now. He's doing everything right at this point in his recruitment, and I'm a huge fan. Yeah, he's a guy who you look at and you go, oh, wow, that's a sophomore. And also some of the things he looks taller than he is because he's so thin like that. He's got a lot of room to grow. So watching again, watching his progress and and how he develops, I think, from from, uh, you know, a player evaluation standpoint is going to be super fun. Guys, thank you so much for the time today. Um, We will be back with more conversation about Penn State football, Uh, the wrestling show coming to you tomorrow, 10 a.m. in this slot. So you want to get a preview of the Ohio State uh, duel coming up. That's going to be a basically a pre-match preview. And of course, we'll have more content for you coming up later this weekend and next week. And if any, just throwing this out there, I don't think these guys said this, but if there's any breaking news about any maybe possible commitments, We'll be here giving you the information about it on our breaking news. So a lot of reasons to stick around and to subscribe to Blue White Illustrated here on YouTube. I'm Thomas Frank Carr for Sean Fitz and Ryan Snyder. We'll talk to you later.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.